Welcome to another episode of Good Enough for Government Work podcast. Episode 19 with B-Man and myself. Today, we're going to talk about global experiences that Brian and I have had. Sweet. What's up, B-Man? Yeah, not a whole lot. Just uh, trying to survive the heat and the drought. Oh, my God. Oh, nice yeah. to get some rain. Yeah, no, I got you. Uh, yeah, it's humid up here, man. Up in the upper, uh, up in Wisconsin here in the Minnesota area. And um, shoot, I went out working out this morning and uh, sweated all that good stuff that I drank last night out. So that was always a good thing. Yeah, I had another surgery done to my foot, but I ended up going to to my hot works location to do a hot yoga class. Just something that I didn't have to use my foot really for, get a good stretch, get a good sweat. It actually felt really, really good to get get back in there and just, I don't know, detox the body and the mind. Oh, hell yeah. It's always healthy to do that. We've talked about that in other episodes. So I know today we're actually broadcast. We're not in the bunker today. We're actually broadcasting, and you'll see in our picture, the new bar area out in the woods where we live. Um where all the crazy people live right so um yeah so we're so also we're also going to shift gears a little bit um i know we'd like to put good messages out every podcast but uh we're gonna have a little fun with this you know like brian and i right now we just we opened up the uh kegerator and we started pouring pints of uh beer and we're just going to talk a little bit about our uh, international experiences some funny stuff um and also uh, some stuff some people need to look out for. If you've never been overseas um, in whatever capacity, if it's a work capacity or a business capacity or a, uh, for pleasure, um, hopefully we can enlighten your eyes and give you a, give you a good message. But uh, we're going to have fun with this one. So um, I don't know, man. I got a quote. We can start with a quote because you know me. I like to start with a quote. Or do you want to go ahead and jump into our story? No, no, no. Let's start with your quote. All right. All right. This quote's by uh, Angela out and it uh it says this quote sometimes the most scenic roads in life or that are the detours you didn't mean to take Dude. all right that's a great quote i <laughs> so so these quotes they literally show up when i get here they're already here i have no idea what the quote is going to be um but right off the bat this reminds me of a trip that i took um back in 2013 uh as, you know, I graduated from grad school, started my job uh, working for the, the VA and my dad, myself, my younger brother, who was who, who's also a Marine. And then my best friend, Drew, we all took a guy's trip out to Ireland. And uh, I, I won't I won't go too too much into it because it's just it's, it's a long story. And Drew tells it the, tells it better than anybody because uh, he had the best view of it. So I was so we were all supposed to take turns driving when we go out there and. So I was going to go. So I went first and right away, everybody's like, yeah, we're not, you're, you're driving the whole time, Brian. I'm like, oh God. All right. So opposite (laughs) side of the, you know, opposite side of the car, opposite side of the road. Uh, We're driving. Uh, Drew is the A driver. So he's my, he's my guide. He's my navigator. Uh, And then my dad and my brother are sitting in the back pretty much the whole trip. Um, Well, we're, we're, we're going from Dublin up to Donegal, which is like our next main stop to stay over for a few nights. Um, 
And of course, like we're using the GPS and all this, and it takes us on these like goat trails to get there. So literally we left our hotel and they were like, oh yeah, you know what? You guys should expect to get there in, you know, about two, two and a half hours. No, it took like six hours to get there. We finally get to our next hotel. And the first thing the people at the front desk say is, oh, you guys used the GPS, didn't you? <laughs> and they could just tell because of how stressed out I was um, and how long it took us to get there to check in. We, you know, we were late for our check-in and everything, but yeah, we literally were on goat trails, had to get out of the vehicle to move, you know, push goats off of the roadway, literally <laughs> goat trails. Dude, you must have had a small car to be on those goats. Cause I've been on goat trails too. I'll tell I got one for you uh, also. Um, yeah, you get these small vehicles too. And you know what? They go by kilometers, these cars overseas. They don't go by uh, miles per hour like we got. They got these kilometer. You know what? You're driving down, you're looking, you're like, holy shit, I'm going 100 miles an hour. Um, but no, it's really 100 kilometers that you're going, which yeah. I think miles, well, miles per hour is less than that. So, um, but I tell you, those cool, those little cars, man, we can fit about five of those in our garage stall, you know? And they're and they're cheap. I wouldn't mind having this, but I don't know if it'd do well in the snow up here. So yeah, well, the roads in Ireland, uh, Scotland as well. I've been to Scotland, but the roads in Ireland are so narrow. I mean, and you have these big, huge tour buses coming like at you. Every time a car would come and pass us, we were so close, like our mirrors would almost touch. And as we're passing for like the first probably day or two, until I got used to it, I would like lean away from like. I was like, oh, turn away, like not even look like, oh man, we're going to get hit. And then there was one time where we literally had to drive up on the side of this hill to get past somebody that almost smoked us. It was crazy. So dude, that's nuts, man. But it was awesome. I mean, it's one of those stories that like we, we still, you know, we still tell to this day is like, and we have video of it too, of like how close it looks and it's, it's pretty sweet. So if you guys... I think one thing that, that I was hoping for in this uh, podcast is for individuals who maybe have traveled a little bit, but not have extensive travel, sharing some of the, the cool and unique places that we've been uh, to give, give people an idea or a perspective of what it would be like to go to some of these places. So if they, you know, if, if you ever get it, you know, if, as a listener here, if you ever get a chance to travel, you know, we can kind of share some of our experiences and hopefully save you some trouble to, you know, go to a place that, that, at least we we've been to we've traveled and we know it's like a really cool uh worth worthwhile place to go to yeah don't waste your money on some some false advertising that you see on tv or something like that but hey let me tell my quick goat story you're talking about goats there's goats everywhere so i remember when i was a young marine we were doing training in this uh this island called crete which is off of greece and uh i was part of fast company at the time and uh, there was 40 of us and uh, we were doing some big op or whatever, uh, working with one of the muse that was coming in or whatever. So um, I'm driving. I actually got nominated to drive the the CEO at the time, the captain. Um, and everybody was laughing about it because me, me and the CEO didn't get along. So now as a young NCO. Anyhow, so we were traveling there and we've been traveling for a long time. We're doing ops and we're doing running all over the place, uh, killing shit, you know, kicking doors in and all that good stuff. And then we jump in the old green Broncos. We used to have, he had this old green Bronco, right? And uh, I was driving him. And all of a sudden, we're coming around a turn on the on the mountain. And all of a sudden, these herd of goats were coming down the mountain. Dude, I fucking smacked one so hard. I plowed it. It splattered all over the place and on the windshield. 
And uh, I was like, holy shit. And I stopped real quick and he looks over at me. And this is the first time I actually, I think he had a little bit of sincerity talking to me because usually he's mean to shit to me. But he's like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, uh, yeah, I think so. How many did I kill? And he's like, oh, you splattered the biggest one. So we went out and took a look. You know, they had the big tires and all that. Oh, yeah. There was guts all over the grill and, and all that. So um, we got back in the vehicle. You know, we Charlie might continue the mission. Um, and then, uh, you know, he started at the end of the whole operation. He started, got everybody together, told him what I, what I did. I was going to try to keep it quiet, but, uh, so they had like this uh, little ceremony, man. I got, that was my first confirmed kill, right? Uh, a big ass goat coming off the mountain. So he has a little ceremony and I got this little, uh, this little like trophy that they made up with a goat on it. Dude, you are the um, goat, <laughs> the goat killer. You are, you are the goat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, LeBron, you better watch out. Oh Yeah. And uh, the goat killer here. Um, shoot, man, that was a long time ago. That, so I'll never forget about that. But uh, yeah, he and I, after that, man, he and I, we, we became friends. The captain and I, uh, we got along a lot better uh, since we had that uh, that uh, that experience together. I guess I don't know, but he used to kid me about it all the time. So that's my goat story. I thought it was pretty damn funny. Actually. Yeah, I like that. So anyhow, um, all right, let me see here. So a lot of our international experience. Uh, you know, we do a lot of personal stuff, but we also have a lot of military, right? And I don't know necessarily want to get into all the the Afghanistan and Iraq and all that Middle East stuff, or even Africa. Um, spent some time over there, and uh, so much even talking about uh, you know those situations. But um, you know, the one thing that I can say that through my experiences is that the overseas. Uh, is so much different from America, right? So like the food, for instance, um, you know, we were just over in Europe and we were checking out Italy and uh, Croatia and stuff. And I'll tell you, man, I'll tell you, B-Man, that's actually the first time I was actually eating their bread and some other food they had over there. And my gut didn't hurt after I was eating that food. Like here, you got to be careful what you eat. Yeah, yeah, no, um, you know, I've traveled, traveled uh, that same area and uh, I would have to say, like, Italy is is a really awesome place to travel. Their food is so much better than what you would imagine. Like, we have Italian food here, but the food over there is just uh, fresh. Like, it's just more fresh. They use different ingredients than what we use here. Um, the wine over there is insane. It does. Of, yeah, the wine tastes, like, stronger. Yeah. But, it, but it's actually more purified. Correct. And it doesn't, so it doesn't give you a hangover because they don't use sulfates at all. Yep. yep. Um, you know, so like even just like their house wine is like really good wine. You know, out here, you, you know, house wine is all right. You know, if you want something good, you would have to pay a little bit extra to get a nice bottle of wine yep. with dinner. In Italy, don't even, don't even do it. Like, don't even waste your, your, your money getting a different bottle. The house wine is already amazing. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Because I think when I came back, you were asking, that's the first thing you asked me, what do you think about the wine? I said, dude, it tasted really strong. Like, I, I thought I was drunk off of one glass. And you're like, yeah, it doesn't have any sulfates. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't. Yeah. And I, I didn't have a hangover the next day. I felt pretty good with that. Correct. Yeah. And the people are just so friendly in, like in Italy. Uh, so, like, that whole region was really easy to travel around, um, at least for like, for, for Kelsey and I and our friends that we were with, it was just like such a great trip that we always talk about like, Hey, we need to go back. Like there's just so much to see. Um, 
especially Rome, like there's so much history in Rome and like we got to, we got to see and do a lot in Rome, but we didn't get to spend as much time as we probably would have liked at each spot. So we would love to go back, spend more time, even just like going down some of the side alleys and hitting up those mama papa shops for like, you know, like a cappuccino or, um, you know, whatever, whatever little thing that, that they specialize in, like, you know, those little cobblestone roads that, that you see in pictures. And that's kind of what you, you know, what you think of when you go, like, there's so many of these cool little places that, um, you know, we would love to go back, spend extra, uh, some additional time out there. Yeah. No, I know. Let's see here. Lisa was just out in Rome and she came back with a bunch of rosaries from the Vatican, which was really cool. And she was giving them out to people. Uh, which I thought was really neat. But, yeah, those mom and pops uh, kind of setups that you see down these little uh, alleyways. Uh, yeah, they got some of the coolest things, man. Handmade yeah. out of wood and all kinds of stuff. I thought um, I love supporting that. I love I love coming back with something different and, and putting it in uh, some kind of room, right, Diff something different. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what's one of your favorite places that you traveled to? Man, Dang, that's a good question. Um one of my favorite places that I've been to, Malta, Malta, Italy. It's an island off. It's an island. Um, this is also another funny story. Hell, we must go right into it. So Malta is one of these little islands that's like, like I guess the rich go there now. I don't know. But I went there on Uncle 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 Sam's dime. We just came from an exercise. We happened to be going by, and the uh, captain of the ship goes, hey, we're stopping here for like a couple of days. So, um I'm telling you, man, they had some of the best food. But the, the kicker is I've never seen a beach with all black rock. The whole thing, you could see it was all black rock and people were laying out on these rocks with on this blue. So you have black rock with this beautiful light blue water coming up. Mm -hmm. And this is the kicker. Everybody's naked. So me and my buddy uh, King, um, I don't even know. I don't even know where he's living nowadays, but this dude used to wrestle alligators for fun. So that just tells you he's a fun dude to hang out with. Right. And uh, we, he looks at me and he goes, I, I, I dare you to go down there naked. And I was like, nah, let's just, let's just keep going. He goes, I'm going to devil dog dare you now. And I was like, uh -oh. man, don't do that, dude. Don't, don't devil dog dare me. So he goes, if you do, I'll buy, I'll buy all the rounds for tonight. I said, oh shit. I started taking my clothes Sold. off. Oh yeah, man. Sold. I started taking and I started running, and my feet were so hot running across those black rocks. And I figured, you know what? I don't know anybody here. Who gives a crap? So I just ran right into the water, and he's he's right behind me. This big dude, he's running right behind me, and he just, like, tackles me in the water, right? We're all naked and stuff. And nobody cares about that shit over there. No, yeah. It's crazy. It's not, it's not taboo like it here, is here in the yeah. U.S. Yeah, uh, Speaking of, like, the black sand beaches, like, so I've been to a few – like Hawaii has a black sand beach. Um, Kelsey and I, we've been to one in Iceland, uh, which was really cool. Um, yeah, so. What do you think about Iceland, dude? I want to go check Iceland. I've heard good things about Iceland. Dude, Iceland Iceland's awesome. So the only, the only negative that I have to say about Iceland, honestly, is just how expensive it is, it is once you get there mm. for like your goods and services and that type of stuff. But like getting there is pretty inexpensive um the hotel was pretty inexpensive our day trips weren't that bad but it was like buying food buying drinks like any of that type of stuff was pretty expensive but honestly um 
it was worth it. Like, and it's so small that in like three, three nights, four days or four nights, five days trip, you can pretty much do and see everything you want to do out there. So you don't have to spend a ton of time. And one thing that, that we didn't know and we learned when we went was probably one of the best ways to travel to Iceland is to, to combine it with a bigger trip to somewhere else in Europe. So let's say you want to go to France or you want to go to Italy or you want to go, you know, wherever in Europe, what you do is so, so you plan your trip to wherever, and then you take Icelandic air and Icelandic air will allow you to do a free stop, a free layover in Iceland for up to seven days. So basically you'll fly from the States to Iceland. They'll stop um, in Iceland. You can, you can stay in Iceland for four nights, three nights, four nights, whatever, do your thing. And then continue on your way to France or to Italy or wherever, finish your trip off there. Um, but that's one way that you could do Iceland pretty cheap is to just combine it with a with a with a bigger trip. Oh, that's a great idea, man. I was reading something. I get the retired this retired uh, magazine called the Echoes, man, for, uh, for the military. And they were talking about they're opening up Space A again. I remember nice. when they used to do that. And they're going to do these C-130s. Uh, just open them up for people that want to jump on and go overseas or or fly somewhere, you know what? And try to help out the uh, the veteran community. And um, I thought that was pretty cool. So um, when you mentioned, hey, save money, I was like, oh yeah, Space A would be a good idea. But on a C one thirty, that's a long trip. Yeah. Uh, well, the nice thing is uh, by stopping in Iceland or stopping somewhere, you can break that up a little bit. Yeah. And once you get over to like Europe. <clears throat> I mean, hopping on Ryanair or like one of those smaller, um, you know, airlines is is really cheap, really easy. Uh, if you go mainland Europe, you know, getting a rail pass and and using the train to go to a bunch of other places, pretty pretty simple to do too. That's what I've heard. That's what I heard. I'll tell you right now, with traveling internationally, um, heck, I got caught into it when I was going to Europe. Man, I had to buy a separate ticket, uh, fly around to finally get to my destination in Venice. Um, they're delaying, man. They're delaying and canceling these flights because they can't get people to work. So I think one of the, and this is like real time right now. So, yeah. you know, we're talking about some past experiences, but also keep in mind folks that if you're going to travel overseas and you got a connection, man, there's a good, there's a good chance. Uh, you, you're not going to make it, man. You're going to get screwed one way or another. Like for me, I got stuck in Lisbon, Portugal in this line, even though I had a connection two hours later, I was in this line for five hours just to look at my, my passport for two minutes. Um, so you got to keep that in mind right now. And so um, that's real time. And um, just just keep that in mind. If you can do a direct flight and pay a little bit more money, I think that's the way I would do it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, uh, if you can do a carry-on, which is sort of hard to do. They lost my luggage, but I, I got it at the end. I, was, I guess that was the good news. But, um, yeah, you got to be careful with travel, you know? Yeah. Especially yeah. when you're in a foreign lane. Uh you know, you're trying to talk to somebody that's in a foreign language. You know, you got that uh, that barrier going on, and you're like, "Oh crap! How do I, how do I tell them that I'm looking for my luggage, or how do I get the next flight, or whatever?" And they don't quite understand. So that could be a challenge. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, and so doing a little bit of planning ahead of time can help with that. So there's certain apps that you can that you can download. The apps really aren't, in my opinion, I haven't found one that's been really that great. Um, but I've been able to get um, some other some other devices like one of the devices that I have is like a tiger or something. I, I can't remember. Off the, oh, it's called Cheetah Talk. And Cheetah Talk is like this device and I can change it to whatever language I need. 
and I talk into it and it speaks it real time in whatever language I chose to that person. When they speak back, it translates it back to English for me. Cheetah talk, huh? Yeah. That's badass, man. I heard Google Translator is another one. That's what I was using, Google Translator. Yeah. So so just just having a plan just in case something happens, it's always nice. And to try it out before you leave and all these things, right? Yeah. Um, I think another thing to keep in mind, too, is like look into if you if you're somebody that wants to travel and you're going to be traveling, you know, more than more than than once a year or, you know, more than once every few years, you might want to look into certain credit cards that give you some good benefits for travel. Like we have a credit card through Chase, the Chase Sapphire preferred card. And, it, and I mean, we get lots of points for airline. Like we don't we don't pay for airline tickets really anymore. Um, the nice thing is like if we're traveling anywhere, whether it's domestic or international. So the um, if we rent a vehicle and we use that card to book the, the reservation for the, the car rental, we don't ever have to pay for the um, insurance. It's actually covered by, yeah. by the card. Yeah. Um, so you get full coverage, um, automobile insurance with it. Another thing too, is you get, um, you get insurance, the travel insurance through that card too. So let's say like your situation where you wind up at your destination, your luggage doesn't meet you. Um, they actually give you X amount of hundreds of dollars worth of credit to go and purchase clothes, essentials, whatever. And, and they don't charge you for it. Sweet. Cause I just put in a, uh, I w- I, you know what? God, see, I, I wish I listened to this podcast before I went on it because <laughs> I spent so much money in Croatia trying to get uh, get clothes. Right. And uh, I just put in my into my insurance people. I just put in a uh, a claim. Right. Yeah. And I wrote up I had to wrote the, write the whole story up and tell them what happened. And, you know, it's going to take some time. Hopefully uh, they do the right thing and reimburse me. But, um, yeah, it's good to know. I wish I knew that ahead of time. Right. Because I never expect to lose my luggage yeah. at all. Nobody does. Right? No, nope, exactly. So. No, dude, that's that's a, that's a good uh, good advice, Brian. I like that. Yeah. No, that's good. So, um, another thing I noticed when I was traveling is the times changes, like the, the the zone, time zone changes. I'll tell you, when you change and you change quick, like it changes quick on a plane, but if you're on a boat or a ship, it gradually goes that way. And dude, you can end up in a country that's like five or six hours, seven hours ahead. And dude, you feel like you're upside down. Like your mind is just like, and you're dragging ass and you're trying to make your next plane Yeah. and you're running down. Hey, I'm trying to make my next plane. You can't even see straight. And you're running into people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like when, when we went to uh, like Vietnam, uh, Cambodia, Vietnam, I mean, it was such a huge time difference. And again, you're flying over there. So the time difference, your body doesn't really get a chance to get used to it. So you got to count on, at least spending a day or two once you arrive at your final destination for everything to kind of catch up with you, you know? Um, so try not to like, if you're, if you're, if you're planning things yourself, try not to, to cram a lot of things in that first day or two, give yourself a, some time to just, you know, navigate your local area, whatever, get your feet underneath you and then go ahead and hit it hard with some tours and different things. But, um, you know, another thing too is, so that can help is, um, you know, if you're somebody that that's body, you know, if your body reacts pretty well to like melatonin or something, bring some of that along, right? Help yourself get some good sleep. Um, mm. It'll help. It'll help your body, your, your circadian rhythm, kind of adjust a little bit easier when you can get better sleep. Yeah, absolutely. I do that. That melatonin it works for me. It doesn't work for everybody, but yeah, the melatonin absolutely, um, that works. 
But um, you know, another thing that I that I try to do is uh, I try to if I know I'm going somewhere, look check out their local news, right. like start doing some research on it, or uh, watch it on TV and just see what's going on in the area. Make sure that uh, you know you're not walking into a a shit show, right? Like maybe they've got some stuff going on, and um, you you know maybe you don't want to be in the middle of some gunfire or some some looting going on or whatever. So I think watching the local news is uh is a is a good idea before you go there i mean i do that out here before i head into the cities so <laughs> yeah before we go into minneapolis st paul yeah another another good thing too that you should do if you're traveling overseas regardless of um you know what type of warnings they have or don't have is to contact the the local embassy right um you can do it a few weeks ahead you can do it a month ahead you can do it you can do it at whatever time frame but what you do is you just contact them um, pretty easy to do. You can write into them, let them know who you are, um, you know, what dates you're going to be there, that type of thing. That way, if something, some something crazy ends up happening, they'll at least know that that you're in that region, you're in that area, and so so you'll be on their radar. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. That's a real good idea, especially in an area uh, where a lot of Americans are not uh, usually headed, right? So, uh, Middle East, you know, the Middle East area. Uh, would be or even south america or africa those, those areas right there that's a that's a great idea you know and when you start heading those those rougher areas right uh i don't know if third world's right uh right uh terminology but you know they don't have the resources like we do so they live a little bit rougher um and but they're accustomed to that um you know your living conditions when you go down your living conditions are going to be a lot different than coming from the states Dude, you're telling me when we were in china <laughs> Oh my God. Talking, <laughs> I've never, well, that's not true. Outside of the Marine Corps and being in the field and all these things, right. in combat, I never had to, I never had to poop in a hole <laughs> until China. And that's like a lot of, a lot of China, their restrooms. That's just, that's just how it is. It's, it's literally a hole and you're squatting over it and you're pooping. And you know, a lot of these places don't have plumbing. So you're, you're not able to throw your tissue, you know, uh, into the toilet. So there's a waistband next to it with not only yours that you're about to put in there, but everybody else has gone before you. And like, so there's all these things to think about um, that you don't necessarily think about until, until you get there, unless you, unless you're listening to something like this, where you can kind of, you know, be forewarned. Yeah. There's places, there's places I've been to where they have a, uh, a, uh, uh, like you, you take a crap and they don't toilet paper, but they had this. Uh, you gotta help me out on this one, Brian. A bidet. Bidet, yeah. And you just wash your ass with with water, right? Talking about a weird feeling, dude, of uh, cleaning your ass with water. Uh, the first time I did that, uh, I wasn't sure if I disliked it or if I liked it. It was sort of weird. Yeah. Well, and then <laughs> like same for me. And then I was like, well, did it get everything or or not? Because I'm used to like wiping and being able to like at least tell like, okay, well, there's nothing on this. So I must have gotten everything. No, I, I know. I know. So anyhow, you got another funny story? Just real quick. I'll, right. I'll tell a story. Uh, okay. So so when we were in Peru, we were we were going from Lima to uh, Cusco, uh, Sacred Valley area. And uh, we get on the air, you know, get on the airplane. Everybody's loading on. It's me. It's my wife. So and then we're with a group of people from Gate One Travel, which Gate One's amazing. If you ever need to look up something, go to Gate Gate. The number one in the travel um but anyways all of a sudden the door to the to the airplane is about to close <clears throat> and they come rushing on they open the door back up they come rushing on and I'm, i just had this feeling they're like 
coming over towards me. They come all the way towards the back of the plane. They're like, Mr. Bodrog? I'm like, yes. They're like, you have pew pew? And I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, you you you, you have pew pew? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about because they didn't speak English. So yeah. they pulled me off the plane. They thought I had guns on me in my, in my check bag. Uh, come to find out, to make a long story short, come to find out that one of their uh, dogs sniffed one of my bags and in my in my care in my check baggage i had a um, backpack that i would use to go hiking um while i was there and i used that same bag for my range bag back home and so it had gunpowder there was nothing in it but the dogs yeah. hit on the gunpowder and so so the plane left without me my wife left without me everybody left without me and i was uh i was left to try to pick up the pieces but once they found out that i was a u.s marine they they treated me very well sweet sweet i like it good story we got some good stories here so but real quick we got about 30 seconds. Hey, I just want to say one thing, and then we're going to wrap it up here. We're uh, If you're working or you're visiting in a foreign country, uh, it might seem scary at first, but it, uh, it will provide you with tons of great benefits. So if you have an opportunity to go overseas, uh, anywhere, get that experience uh, and come back with some awesome stories that you can share with others. I think, uh, I think that's a wrap, B-Man. Yes, sir. All right.